We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this Tuesday afternoon. And, man, the fight is on in our United States Senate right now for marriage, or I should say the destruction of marriage. In fact, that's what they should label this act, the Destruction of Marriage Act. They call it the Respect for Marriage Act, but it's actually the Destruction of Marriage Act. More on that. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I'm thankful that you're with us this afternoon. Hope that you have uh, had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and an opportunity, as we did last week, to read some of those proclamations and uh, to to teach the people in your family and, and, and maybe even your community and church about that history. Very important for us to continue with that heart of gratitude even as we face these battles, just like this one over marriage across the country um, and the Arizona election, all the other things that are that are going on in the country right now, that we maintain a heart of gratitude and joy, count it all joy, when we experience various trials, just like this particular trial and, and fight um, in in Congress on this on this marriage bill. It is uh, unfortunately indicative of of where we are as a culture. And uh, before I get to that one, uh, look uh, not on the Senate side. Let's look over at the the House side of things. I was wrong. Yes, everybody, write it down. I was wrong last week. We had a great caller that, uh, that that basically said, Rick, you know, wait a minute, Kevin McCarthy, you know, we need to encourage people to be calling in. It's not a foregone conclusion. And I was like, no, nah, it's done deal. You know, time to move on and, and, uh, and do the best we can with what we got, where we are. And I kind of dismissed, uh, you know, the, the, the caller and I should not have done that because as it turns out, been talking to some members of Congress and it's not a done deal. Uh, it is It is actually far from a done deal. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has to get 218 votes when they meet first week of January, and it's, it's not – he doesn't have them. There's about 35 Freedom Caucus members that are saying, no, we're not going to do it. Uh, we, we want someone else that's going to be more conservative, more aggressive, more willing to do things like put into the rules that you can't do these massive omnibus bills and you can't do this – you know, not allowing people to to read the bills, and it's time to go back to having three days to to, to read a bill and all those things. Anyway, uh, there's a there is a push that is ongoing uh, behind the scenes, and it it may not be settled prior to uh, they're swearing in in January, which which sounds crazy to us because we're so used to the deals getting done, and then you know swearing in day is a formality. Well, uh, that's that's possibly possibly not what's going to happen in January. It could reflect what happened in 1923, which is what one of the members of Congress shared with me. Uh, you know, listen, back in 1923, it was uh, you know a ton of votes. I think it was, you know dozens and dozens of votes before they finally uh, got somebody to have the majority. It took three days before they finally had a Speaker of the House. And then you go back, I forget the year, 18-something, and it took two months, two months to figure out who the Speaker of the House was going to be and hundreds of votes. I mean, it was... (laughs) It was it was crazy chaos. It's like I always tell everybody, you think 2020 was a crazy presidential election. 
Uh, you go back to the 1800s. You go there. There have been times when it it took a while to figure out who was going to win, and uh, and they were legitimate constitutional questions, legitimate claims of of cheating and fraud and all that kind of stuff. This didn't start with 2020. It's been that way ever since. There's been elections. There's been uh, those who thought the end justified the means, and it was okay to cheat. So anyway, I just wanted to give a quick update on uh, the Speaker of the House situation. Republicans, you know, definitely going to have the majority. But we don't know for sure who the speaker will be. Now, the that, that odds are it's still going to be McCarthy. I mean, he's definitely got the advantage. He, he you know, basically uh, ran the money machine for most of the members. And so he, he, he helped a lot of people get elected. And, and you know, look, politics is um, it, it, it's a game of, 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 you know, relationships. And, and if, uh, you know, if, 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 if this is the guy that helped you get elected, uh, loyalty does mean something. And so I totally understand members that would still have to support McCarthy based on uh, his help and support in the past and, and that sort of thing. But I also I also am very excited uh, that there is a movement to get a better, more conservative speaker or a speaker that would put the Freedom Caucus members more in charge of the House. You know, you're, I doubt you're going to get a speaker of the House that is, you know, my kind of conservative, right? You're not going to get a Lauren Boebert to be Speaker of the House. You're not, probably not going to get a Jim Jordan. Uh, you know, there's there's several others that, I mean, Chip Roy would be my number one choice. I mean, he has, um, first of all, he's my congressman, but also because he's just, uh, you know, strategically has the mind for it. He would be fantastic and he's solid, solid conservative uh, and extremely good on the issues, champion of school choice and all these other things. So I would love to see him, but I, you know, I don't, think we could yeah i shouldn't be negative i mean maybe we could maybe maybe you know maybe maybe we could but that certainly would be a way of igniting the base and the grassroots in america and the christian conservative constitutional crowd uh we would if we had a leader like that that would become extremely bold as speaker of the house and extremely aggressive in pushing back against the evil that's been marching across our country think of what that would do for motivating people and, and getting people engaged. So, it, you know, it's not it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. The fight goes on. They continue to uh, to to, you know, do the backroom deals and and and, and the wrangling. And, and who knows? We'll see what happens. But I must admit that I was wrong and I apologize uh, to I think it was I'm trying to remember who it was, but uh, I think she was from Gainesville, Texas, if I remember right. And I apologize uh, that uh, that I dismissed her call when I should have said, you know what, you're right, ain't over till it's over, and uh, let's let's let, let's see what we can do to 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 make this thing count. So anyway, that that, that will go on on the House side. We'll see what happens. Uh, real quick on the on the Arizona election. Uh, nothing real specific, in, you know, since uh, you know since yesterday. Uh, but since I was with you last week, a lot has happened. Um, a, a, I think, shameful, shameful move by the the Secretary of State, who you know is supposedly going to be the governor. Um, you know, forcing these counties to certify the election under duress. I mean, Arizona County Board Supervisor says he voted to certify election, quote, under duress is the headline from the Epic Times. Um, you know, some claiming that they would be arrested, that I'm only going to vote to certify so that I don't get arrested, threatened with arrest for not certifying an election that they know had problems. Now, listen, I you know, whether you believe that elections have you know um, shenanigans and whether people try to cheat and all that kind of stuff the facts are the facts about what happened in maricopa county and frankly in other areas across arizona when you have a third 
to in some places a half of the machines uh, not working and people are getting turned away and told to go other places to vote. Some people going to three different locations and then finally giving up and not voting. Uh, that is voter suppression and that is a real problem. And, and when it happens on election day, when you know that one side's folks are showing up and the other side is just delivering their, their absentee ballots uh, and their mail-in ballots, uh, it, it's it's a real problem. And, and I think has legal merit for a redo, that, that, that there was such a chaos and such a problem that you have to redo the, the election in those areas where they had those problems. I don't know if it'll go there, but certainly the lawsuits are being filed. Carrie Lake's filing lawsuits, the uh, candidate for attorney general there filing lawsuits and uh and i think you know when, when a county supervisor is being threatened with being charged with a felony and arrested if he if he doesn't certify an election well first of all i think uh forget the guy's name that, that did that i watched the video but i don't remember his name um frankly i think you got to be willing to stand up you got to be willing to go to jail folks i mean come on w when are we when are we going to say lives fortune sacred honor you got to be willing to fight this stuff and you got to be willing to go to the mat when we're talking about trust in our elections. You're talking about the very uh, process of a constitutional republic at work. And there's already, you know, half the country that that is that, you know, if one side wins, <laughs> the other half of the country says they cheated. And if the other side wins, the other half of the country says they. So we've got a real problem with faith in our election process. And Arizona is only making it worse. And they should have said, and, 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 and look, I'm I am a fan of Doug Ducey on some things. I think he his school choice program is the best in the country. I'm very happy that he did that. He's been a great supporter of my program at Patriot Academy. Uh, comes and talks to the kids every year and all that. I mean, so, so I like him on a lot of stuff, but I do not understand him embracing Katie Hobbs and 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 already um, you know congratulating her and all that stuff when you have all of these shenanigans that are obvious. And, and he all he has to do is say you know let's not, let me let the legal process play out let me let these people confirm that there wasn't a problem or that the problem wasn't big enough to change the election you know he, he kind of did the same thing with Trump I mean he he certified that election uh, without the legal remedies taking place so I don't get that I you know I I, I should have you know called him personally and said I don't understand why you're doing this that's you know so maybe I should have done that before I complained about him on the air but I I just don't get that I mean why not let the legal I've said this for you know ever since my recount of, of 1998 all the way back in 1998 in my recount you know we could put our hands on every single ballot so both sides by the end of the recount had looked at every single ballot and I had lost on election night by 20 votes out of 30,000. We had a recount. I won by 36 votes out of uh, 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 30,000. And my opponent didn't say you cheated. I didn't say he cheated. We both knew. We had looked at all the ballots together. So nobody claimed cheating. And, and so we had a, a very transparent process. We had a very, um, you know, tangible way of verifying what actually happened by being able to put our hands on every ballot and then we both had legal remedies we could sue if the if a county wasn't willing to do those things and unfortunately people no longer think in those terms we got to get back to that transparency verification and legal remedies are sometimes necessary so i wish they would spend more time and effort to get to the bottom of what happened and then have a legal remedy. And sometimes you do have to do a do-over. And I think Maricopa County absolutely owes the, the state and the country a do-over there 
uh, based on you know uh, what has already come out, let alone what will come out when they actually can do some discovery. I mean, look at all the testimony. If you're if you're on social media and you're watching the videos, all the people that were testifying at the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, uh, um, I think it was last night or night before last. And I, I mean, the the pe- the poll watchers have the evidence and the and the stories that they're telling. You got you got to look at that and go, my goodness, what a scam! What a, what an absolute third world country election process that has got to change. And so I I hope something something happens in Arizona to give us a better example of what can be done uh, whenever these kind of situations take place. And, um, I, you know, may, may, maybe you feel differently. Maybe you think, you know, you just, you just trust the, um, you know, election officials. And, and uh, if you're an election denialist, if you, if you want to get to the bottom of it and, and you want to actually not overturn elections, you want to actually verify elections. That's the same thing we wanted to do in 2020. Just verify the outcome, and if you cannot verify the outcome, if you cannot verify who actually won, and you're not able to separate illegal votes from legal votes, which is what happened in in Pennsylvania and other places, um, then then you should do a do over. Is it not worth it? Is it not worth it to have faith in our elections as a constitutional republic? Arizona should want to have faith in their elections, and the rest of the country should want to have faith in their elections. And frankly, I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, whatever you're bent, everybody should agree on this. Everyone that wants a constitutional republic to work and wants the people that actually won the election to be in office, whether that's your side or my side, we should all agree that we want everyone who can vote legally to be able to do so and that every legal vote should be counted, and that no illegal vote should be counted. That should be a starting place that everyone agrees on. Unfortunately, we don't. We don't agree on that. There are people in this country that don't want you to limit voting to legal people that have the right to vote. They actually want... They actually, they actually want non-citizens to be able to vote. They actually want an easy-to-cheat system uh, to continue to be the 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 you know status quo. They want easy-to-cheat programs. That is a problem and should be a red flag for everyone. We should all recognize that if somebody wants it to be easy to cheat, that they're probably planning to cheat. And and if you're planning to cheat and you and and you want to cause people to not trust their system not trust the election process you probably are trying to destroy the country itself you're probably one of those that wants to tear down the strongholds you want to tear down a nation that has been the greatest nation in the history of the world and i don't think i can agree with you on anything if that's if if that's the point certainly not on how our election process ought to work so arizona get it right come on do what's necessary dig deep do the hard work do the lawsuits if you have to and carrie lake is willing to go Uh, and do what's necessary. All right, folks, let's take a quick break. Phone number 888-589-8840. We'll be back in a moment on AFA at the Core. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Girls have been seen wearing sweatshirts in the warmest of climates to the puzzlement of their parents. The heavy hoodie worn with shorts and sandals could provide a solution to a problem that might surprise you. The Culture Translator from Access recently shared that teens coping with anxiety or body insecurities may find comfort in a garment that wraps them completely. Sometimes a girl may want to feel invisible, and the hoodie gives her that escape. It's important for girls to feel comfortable in their own skin. Remind your girl that you are there to listen to any issue that may be burdening her heart. Help her to go from hoodie to holy by focusing on God's plan for her. That conversation might make all the difference. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In churches, and a lot of churches today, the issue of identity is sort of like the big elephant in the room. It's in the news, but it's not in the church. So if it's in society, it needs to be something the churches are addressing. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality, is now available for church screenings and events. Every person in America needs to see this. And all pastors need to show this to the church, get the people informed. If the church and Jesus isn't the answer, where is the world going? We want the message of the film to touch as many hearts and lives as possible. And we'd love to join with you to bring the film to your community. So let's say you have a small group or your church, or we've even been bringing the film into some prisons. We want to partner with you. So what we'll do is we'll send you a special kit and it's completely free, and it'll just have some extra resources to help you promote your event. To find out more about how to host an event, go to inhisimage.movie and click on the Host an Event tab. That's inhisimage.movie. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thanks for staying with us. We've been talking about the uh, fight in Congress over Speaker of the House, over marriage, and then, of course, out in Arizona over Governor and uh, Attorney General and all of the other races as well. Phone number to call in today if you would like to join our program and be a part of uh, the program uh, is 888-589-8840. Uh, Got to talk about this Destruction of Marriage Act. I mean, this thing is, uh, you know, they're calling it the Respect for Marriage Act. It's anything but. It completely destroys marriage. Natural marriage, as uh, we've known it uh, throughout uh, all of uh, recorded history until about 15 minutes ago, and we decided to completely change it and uh, not not create something new, uh, but completely replace marriage with something new, right? So it's it, it, marriage is one thing. Man and a woman in a marriage, procreation, all of those reasons why you have the family unit, and and now we want to be able to cohabitate based on our sexual proclivities, and and make that uh, the definition of marriage, and 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 this uh, completely changes the reason and the purpose of marriage. But um, you know those who have advocated for this have managed to win the culture. I mean they own the American culture right now. That's reflected in our in our media and our in our entertainment and um, certainly now in our laws. And so now you've got a question of whether or not the federal government can force you regardless of where you live, what state you're in, what county you're in, what the people in your county and your state believe, force you 
to destroy marriage and uh, and and actually to give full faith and credit to whatever insane crazy relationship is condoned and celebrated in uh, in any other state. So it's literally going to make it where the way this thing is written, if California goes so far as to adopt a, a definition of marriage that allows not only, you know, any two human beings, uh, two people to get married, but we don't even know what a person is anymore, right? I mean, we don't know what a woman is. We don't know what a man is. Uh, we now have furries. These are these are kids that think they are cats, and so if you think you're a cat, are you a cat? I mean, that's that's the left's argument that if you think it's so, then it is. And so, what if a cat thinks that it's a person? If if, if that cat tells you it's a person, somehow you've communicated with that cat, and it's a person. Uh, then, under the definition of uh, the way this bill is written, and under their view of who, how, whatever you think, anything's accepted and must be affirmed and celebrated, then you could then marry a cat. So, so I mean, whatever insane idea they come up with, not only do they get to live in fantasy land, which I guess constitutionally you could you could argue they should be allowed to live in fantasy land, but now they're going to be able to force you to live in fantasy land with them to force you to celebrate their version of Fantasyland, to force you to participate in their insanity. And so if California goes off the deep end and they do that kind of thing, now that person and their cat that they claim to be married to can move to your state and you have to recognize that marriage and you have to issue them a marriage license and you have to then celebrate and participate in their craziness. And if you don't, then you, your business, your church, your school, whatever it might be, will suffer the consequences. So not only are we going to condone the insanity that people are coming up with, and don't anybody tell me, oh, that'll never happen. The slippery slope thing, that's just a... We 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 made this slippery slope argument 20 years ago, and people said we were nuts and it would never happen, and here we are with furries in the classroom. Here we are with schools affirming children who think they're cats by putting kitty litter in the bathroom for the kid that thinks they're a cat I could, there's a direct line from changing the definition of marriage and losing moral absolutes and going moral relativism and anything goes to where we find ourselves today it's a direct line and a, the exact same thing will happen with the definition of marriage and then once they do that they will use it as a bully club to destroy anyone that disagrees with them. And if you say, oh, that'll never happen, well, how about the baker? How about the florist? How about the, uh, goodness, now it's even website designers and photographers and event, event venue you know, venue hosts. Anyone that, that, they, this, that, that, that stands for a natural definition of marriage, they're going to come after and, and they're going to use the bully of this law that your and my United States Senate is debating today and likely to pass, with the help of Republicans, by the way. I shamed them last week. I named them one by one and shamed each and every one of the 12. We probably should do it again today, but I'd rather not give them that much airtime. So here we are with the Destruction of Marriage Act about to pass the United States Senate. And, and you know, I don't know if Mike Lee's amendment is going to get on there or not. I, I I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope, but I, I would love it if it did. But it's still a horrible bill, even if his amendment gets on there. It still requires states 
to adopt the insanity of other states that are willing to redefine marriage into anything and everything they want. Now, they're claiming it's only going to be two people. But again, we don't know what a person is. So so there's no and, and, and not only that, if you read the fine print, it actually allows you to have a marriage with one person and then go have another marriage with another person. So it's essentially going to have for, uh, allow for polygamy. It's it's going to allow for uh you know the 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 whole polyamorous thing. It's going to allow for complete destruction of marriage. Marriage will mean nothing, and now you're destroying the core political unit of our system, the family. So it's 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 a horrible bill. It's awful, and uh, and it violates federalism. By the way, this is another reason we need convention of states. Because you have to get this lawmaking power on these kind of issues back to the local entities. Federal government should just forget it. They, they, they need to do the things in the Constitution, and that's it. They, they need to do national defense, patents and copyrights, th- those basic things. And then they need to stay out of all these other issues and let California be weird if it wants to be weird. And let Texas or Arkansas or whoever define marriage and be what, you know, uh, um, protect its definition of these things. That's the only way we're going to have places that can can thrive and still have lived by biblical principles and and get the benefit and the and the um, you know positive results that comes by by living out those things. Um, so pray pray that this thing fails. But I, I think at this point um, it's going to take a miracle for it to to fail. And pr- and pray that if, if it does pass that that Mike Lee's amendment gets on because. Um, you know, it, it, when I say they're going to come after you with a billy club, they've already proven that they will do that, and this will allow them to do it in every single state. Uh, it is it is destruction of the very basis of our system in its entirety. One more one more item, and then we'll go to the phones. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. The um, deposition of Pope Fauci himself the leader of the COVID cult has happened, and uh, the de- the deposition happened last Wednesday, I believe it was. And um, interesting, interesting things came out of that for sure. His arrogance was on full display. Uh, but one of the most interesting things is that he admitted uh, he couldn't name a single study showing that masks work against COVID nineteen. So, so here's the chief masker, the 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 chief shut down schools, closed down everything. You may not even have Thanksgiving with your family because I, the science, have declared it so, even though there's no science to back up what I'm saying. Trust me on this because I am the cult leader for COVID. And, you know, unfortunately, millions of people did it. Millions of people still worship this guy and will do anything that he he says. Uh, but he has even admitted he can't back up his, his quote-unquote science because there is no science behind the science. I can't wait for this guy to be gone. Actually, no, no, no. I don't want him to be gone. I want him to be in the hot seat, and I want this House of Representatives and this new Republican Congress to spend an enormous amount of time badgering this guy and and absolutely investigating him to the nth degree, all of his kickbacks, all of the money that he's made, all of the the, the favors that he's done, all of the lies that he perpetrated on the American people and the, and the destruction, the lives that were lost. He needs to be in jail. I don't think they'll go that far, but he absolutely needs to be in jail. I'll say it uh, for the millionth time. More damage to the United States of America than any other single individual in our nation's history. There's just no comparison. There is no doubt about it. 
All right, let's get to the phones. Here we go. We'll start in Amarillo, Texas with Tom. Tom, thanks for calling in from the great state of Texas. What's your comment or question today? Hey, man, Rick. I just wanted to comment. You were talking about the elections back in 1860. There's a, a lot more modern uh, example, and that was 1960, Chicago, Illinois, uh, where they everybody voted, and they, and voted more than once and everything. But my question was, can somebody that is not a U.S. representative become Speaker of the House? I heard that somewhere, and I just wanted you, your take on it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Could be, uh, could be Donald Trump. Wouldn't that be fun? And uh, could be a member that is no longer a member of the House. There's some talk that Lee Zeldin would be uh, one of the one of the uh, preferred uh, candidates for Speaker of the House. That that, that could possibly happen. Could be, um, you know. So, so it's it's yeah. It's an interesting thing. You don't have to be a voting member of the House to be Speaker of the House. And uh, so there there has been talk. Of, I mean, I, honestly, I, I would love it if they made Donald Trump Speaker of the House. Wouldn't that be uh, that would be so interesting? Uh, but I you know and I, and I don't know who who all they're they're talking about. But uh, I have heard Lee Zeldin's name mentioned, and he of course uh, is a congressman now, but he's running for uh, ran for governor of, of New York, and so won't be a, a congressman after the the new swearing in. Uh, I don't know that I would be a fan of, of Lee Zeldin being Speaker of the House because he's no conservative. I mean, he's he's conservative for by New York standards, but he's uh, he voted for this you know destruction of marriage act. Uh, one of the Republicans to do that in the House, so I, it certainly wouldn't be my choice. But but his name has definitely been being bantered uh, about. I would much prefer prefer as I said Chip Chip Roy, who's who is an actual member, um, or you know make it really fun, bring back Newt Gingrich or somebody like that. Could be cool. Okay, let's stay in Texas. Looks like the next couple of calls from Texas. Mary in uh, Campbell, Texas. Mary, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question? I had a question about when did they start the federal income tax? I, if I serve, remember right, it used to be based on import-export money coming in, but then the federal income tax started, and look where we're at today. Yeah, you know, the, the 1913 destruction of the U.S. Constitution is pretty legendary. So we got both the 16th Amendment, which is the income tax uh, for the Constitution in 1913, and the 17th Amendment, which is the um, direct election of U.S. senators. So instead of electing them through the state legislatures, we choose them directly. We vote for them by popular vote in each state. Some may think that's good. I think it's bad because it destroys federalism. Instead of having the House of Representatives elected by the people and the senators elected by the states by the state legislature, uh, you end up with two chambers elected directly by the people and you no longer have a protection for the states. In other words, when your U.S. senator was chosen by the legislature, there was there was a way to, there was leverage. You could, you could tell that U.S. senator, listen, if you create a Department of Agriculture or a Department of Education or all these things that you shouldn't be doing, um, we're going to fire you and we're going to put somebody else in your place. We, as the state legislators, already have a Department of Agriculture and a Department of Education and all that at the state level. We don't need a federal one. So it, it, it kept the federal government in its turf, on its turf, and, and outside of the state turf. And it and by, by passing the 17th Amendment, we destroyed that. And uh, and unfortunately, you know, I, I would I would love to see a repeal of the 17th Amendment, but it's you know it's going to take I think uh, for sure a convention of states to make that happen. I'm not even sure what happened if it did. But your question was the income tax, and yeah, 1913. I wish it was tariffs and all of that uh, from before that. You could you could do an income tax before the 
uh, before the 16th Amendment, but it had to be apportioned evenly among the states. It was more like a capitation tax, and and uh, you couldn't play winners and losers. What what the 16th Amendment allowed for is a progressive income tax that allows the, the, the government to now pick winners and losers and have this complicated tax code that's insane. It's basically the CPA Employment Act um, uh, by making it where you know you got to be you got to be either be a rocket scientist or you got to be a full time CPA to even understand uh, the tax code and 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 even if you understand it, you, you know based on some studies I've seen, you're probably violating at least three federal laws every single day because there are so many of them, most of them in the tax code. All right, let's head over to uh, Ron in McKinney, Texas. Ron, thanks for calling in. Man, three Texas calls in a row. How about that? Ron, go ahead, man. Texas represents. Texas representing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, two quick comments, uh, and I'm, I apologize up front if I'm on a cell phone. I don't trust it. But anyway. I, no problem. Uh, no mission, fool, man. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, you didn't understand Governor Ducey's uh, uh, inability or lack of reaction. Uh, one of the things I learned in my involvement running for Congress and been involved in Washington is that there are too many conservatives and Republicans who are uh, infected with this desire to, for decorum and niceties. Mm. And even though their convictions are one hand, they won't uh, violate those niceties. They don't like the idea of having ruckus and criticism and those sorts of things. So they're more committed to the nicety and diplomacy than anything else. And yep. number two, I'd also like to say I testified before a congressional briefing in 1998 about the coming disaster with this homosexual movement, and no one believed us then either. We were mm. talking then about the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, and people said we were crazy to keep in, inferring that this thing was going to turn into this monster that has become. So you're spot on correct on that as well. Thank you, sir. Oh, man. Thank you for calling in. I couldn't agree with you more on both of those things, this whole nicety thing. And I would expand that to the uh, to, to the entire community of faith. You know, we, we've bought into this. You've got to be nice. And, the, and and there's nothing in the Bible that says be nice. It does say be kind, but those can be very different things. This nicety thing, at least the way we, we operate in it today, basically has become you have to accept, celebrate, and affirm anything and everything that anybody wants to do based on whatever their feelings are. Well, that's not being very kind. It might be nice in the moment to smile and say your insanity is just perfect. It's great. Destroy your family and destroy the community, and I'm cheering you along. That might be nice. That is not kind. Not to that person, not to their family, not to the community or the entire nation. So fantastic, fantastic call, Ron. Thank you for that. we got a lot more people on the phone lines waiting to, to get in. We'll get to as many of those as we can. I even see one in San Angelo, Texas. Man, that's my old stomping ground where I went to college out there at Angelo State. So we hopefully we'll get to you, Mark. I got three or four more before you, so don't 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 hang up on me. I want to hear how the Concho River's doing out there in San Angelo. The oasis of West Texas it is, my friends, for those of you outside of West Texas that may not know that. Anyway, call in if you'd like to participate with us on the program today, 888-589-8840. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and you are listening to AFA at the Core. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts 
One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. This is Bible League International, urging you to support our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Pastor Roos's three children were kidnapped and murdered by a terrorist cell that hates Christians. Instead of retaliating, the church shared the gospel with neighboring villages, and would you know it, 200 have come to Christ. Some of those affiliated with that terrorist cells, they're praying for Bibles. And elsewhere, Ephraim's store was destroyed in Cairo, Egypt, by radicals opposing the Christian tracts that he displayed on the counter of his convenience store. He has no money to rebuild, but he has shared the gospel with those who persecuted him, inviting them to Bible studies in his home, and over a hundred have come to Christ in the Middle East. They're praying for Bibles. Our goal is to bless 16,000 Bibleist persecuted believers with their very own copy of God's Word. We're a third of the way there, so at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20 in this season of giving, would you pray about it and then call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD, or give it SendBiblesNow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thanks for staying uh, for our final segment of the day. We'll see how many of our calls we can get through. I love it when the phone calls just light up. Tells me that you're engaged, you're paying attention to what's going on, and you want to be a part of the solution. So thanks so much for participating in the program. Let's head out to Kansas. Larry in Kansas is calling. Larry, how you doing? Thanks for calling in. Well, I'm doing fine. How are you? I love your program. Hey, thank you, sir. Thanks for being a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Great. You know, uh, and I understand all these things that are happening in the world, you know, and in our society and country. A lot of, uh, I would say, a major reason is because uh, the left uh, controls 90% of all communication and media in this country. So what does the right have as far as, what does a Christian have as far as media? And my, the answer always seems, comes back to me is the pastors of churches who have congregations in huge numbers all over this country in every city. And it's so, that's why it's so important to me that they relate uh, scripture to what's going on right now yeah. from a prophetic 
pain and, and from an actual scene. And what I've done is, because my pastor is just like most pastors, uh, doesn't really get too deep in it or too engaged in it, and doesn't flash the warning signs out for people, you know. And so we need watchmen out there that will go to these pastors and confront, go to the board. I went to the pastor, I went to the board, you know, and gather other people in congregations. You know, if if there was a letter that, uh, I know Eric Metaxas wrote a book uh, about letters to the churches, Dr. Jeremiah, Jack Hibbs, all of them. If somehow there was a document that people could sign and, and as a group and it could go around and the pastors would have to respond to what the people in the congregation are feeling, what yeah. they what they need, what they want, because they're not getting it. Yeah, they're, no, Larry, I, I, man, I agree with everything you're saying. I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, I think, first of all, you're right on putting your finger on the problem. The problem is in, in the, the left controls every major institution in America from education, journalism, media, entertainment. Uh, most of the, 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 the big business in America now is woke and, and, and owned by the left. And unfortunately, half the pulpits in the country uh, now are, are woke and, and, and leftist. And so the, an, the answer is that, that like you said, uh, the church has to become the epicenter of the community again, and the pastors have to use the pulpit to teach people biblical citizenship. They have to teach people how to follow the Bible and how they treat their neighbors and how they form their cultures and, and societies. It's exactly what we're dedicated to at Patriot Academy. Our biblical citizenship course now, 500,000 people have been through it. we got 15,000 coaches across the country doing exactly what you're talking about. And so I would love to have you, Larry, as a coach. Go to patriotacademy.com, get signed up as a coach, and take biblical citizenship to every church in your neighborhood and your community and get those pastors to do exactly what you're talking about. And you're 100% right also on the approach, going to the pastors and saying, and, and with friends and family and everybody from the church, church that agrees with you and saying, Pastor, we need to know what the Bible says about homosexuality. We need to know what the Bible says about abortion. We need to know what the Bible says about taxes. We need to know what the Bible says about the proper role of the, of, of the government. Why are we not teaching the entire Bible, and why are you not teaching to the culture? 52 salvation messages a, a, a year is not going to cut it. That's not making disciples of all nations. That that is that is uh, you know missing out on the on the application of God's word and doing what Jesus said. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Uh, man, I'm with you, Larry. You got me fired up, bro. That's that's exactly what needs to happen. Uh, I do think Metaxas's letter to the American Church is is fantastic and a great wake up call. So take that book with you when you go in to meet with the pastor, folks, and and do what Larry's saying. Take take an uh, initiative here and have the boldness and the courage and do it politely. We're not saying go in and scream like I'm screaming right now, but go in and say, I love you, Pastor, and I love this church, and I love our community, and I love my nation. So please bring God's word to the issues of the day because there's not a single thing we're facing anywhere in this country at any level of government, family, business, education, all of it. There's not any of that that is not addressed in the Bible. There's a biblical answer for everything we're facing. And so if pastors are not bringing that biblical answer to the community that exactly, as Larry said, is hungry for it, they're asking for it, they're crying out for it. And we've got to challenge the pastor to do that. If you're a pastor that's listening today, please be willing to speak. And I know many of you are. I shouldn't paint a broad stroke and say they're all. It really is, I think, about 50-50. There's some really good pastors out there that are bold and speaking truth. And frankly, people are flocking to their churches because they are willing to do that. Great call, Larry. Appreciate you calling in from Kansas. Since we gave one call to someone outside of the state of Texas, we'll go back to five more Texas calls. No, I'm just kidding. But the next one is from Texas. Jerry in College Station. Giggle. Jerry, how you doing? Thanks for calling in. Good, brother. 
I think hey, I, you did forget one thing that the government's supposed to do only, and that's post roads. That's all they need to do. That's, that's a, you know what? That's so funny that you said that because that was going to be my third example that I was going to throw out there, and I just got to talking too fast. <laughs> but you're exactly right. Post roads is listed right there in Article One, Section Eight. <laughs> Go ahead. Constitution class, brother. That'll get them every time. Amen. Um, Amen. So mine, mine is on the definitions. We got to stop using the same definitions as you stated before that the left used. When I am in counter people in conversations today, when I'm trying to witness to people about the about the, the 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 love that God has towards them and they bring up these issues, I tell them, well let's first off use a definition that we both understand. Abortion is a is a churched up word that people use to to justify baby murder. That's it. Just like you can't call marriage between same sex individuals marriage. That is not the definition that has been used throughout history that's since right. the founding of Adam and Eve, where it says one man and one woman come together. That's a marriage. Now, they can use union or unity or coming together, whatever. But when we as Christians give up the ground and succeed to them the definitions and let them dictate that, we lose that ground and we lose the fight. We have to go in on what the definition means. We teach our yeah. kids the same thing. That's all I agree, I'll let you go, brother. No, it's great. That's that's good stuff, Jerry. Thank you very much for for calling in and hundred uh, percent right. And and language matters. Words mean things. You know, Rush Limbaugh used to say that all the time. Words mean things. Um, he could already tell how much the left was redefining the terms and therefore able to redefine the culture. And we cannot play play into that. Very very good call, William in Mississippi, I believe it is. William, thanks for calling in, man. What's your comment or question? Uh, Rick. Uh I appreciate you taking my call. You bet. And most of these people are misdiagnosing the problem with these uh, long-time conservatives switching to the left and uh, uh, standing up for uh, defense of marriage and homosexual activity. This is what the problem is. If you notice these people as they get older, the extended family gets larger and larger. And guess what? They get more people or have are homosexuals in their extended family, and that's why a lot of them, even Joni Ertz, come out and made a statement. She was a total conservative against this, but she has members in her family that are homosexuals, and she's voting for it for that reason. Mitt Romney and these other weak-minded in name-only conservatives, and they don't care nothing about the Bible, or they would stand up, even though these people are in their family, they would stand up for the truth and what the Bible says, and if they're a Christian, they wouldn't. Even if they had people uh, in their family that were homosexual and deviants and all that uh, stuff, they would still stand for the Christian uh, belief. Yeah, no, I, I think you're William. You're you're right, and and here's the th- here's what happens. It's exactly what you just described. They end up with a loved one that 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 is now given over to this lifestyle, and and they because they love the individual. They 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 dilute themselves into thinking they have to love the individual sin in order to love the individual, and this makes about as much sense as us saying, "Well, you know what? I got a brother or a sister that's living in adultery, and and they've just decided that's who they are. That 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 one person is not enough to satisfy them, and so uh, they're they're actively engaged in in multiple um, uh, adulterous affairs, and and you know, I, but I love them. So because I love them, I'm now going to say that it's okay to have multiple adulterous affairs. Your marriage will be just fine, or even if it destroys your marriage, you got to be you. You got you got to live you. You know, you got to do what you feel good about. Don't don't live a lie." 
I mean, you're living a lie, I guess, if you stay in a monogamous relationship with with just one person because you have desires that you. I mean, that's how insane these people are. They 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 no longer believe in moral absolutes. They no longer believe there's a right and wrong, and they no longer believe there's a right way to do things that is healthy for society and good for society. And 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 we could we could make this exact same argument without even bringing the Bible and sin into it. It's about na- the laws of nature and nature's God, as the Declaration of Independence refers to. And 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 they want to ignore the laws of nature, be- even because, or, or specifically because of what William's saying, because there's someone in their life. That, that is violating the laws of nature, and they therefore think they have to affirm the violation in order to affirm the person. And that makes no sense whatsoever because every single one of us do things that are wrong. Every single one of us are sinners, and every th- single one of us violate um, the laws of nature and nature's God at some point in our life or sometimes every day of our life, right? And 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 so if we're going to affirm that in everyone that we know, now there is no standard. There is no right and wrong on anything and it leads to absolute chaos. I mean, before you know it, you're going to have kids running around believing that they're cats and demanding kids. Oh, wait, yeah, we're already there, right? That's exactly where this stuff goes. You lose the the compass. You lose the uh, your moorings completely because you get rid of the concept of, of right and wrong. And where do you get the concept of right and wrong? You get it from the Bible. You get it from religion. I mean, that's back to George Washington. Religion and morality are indispensable supports of political prosperity. I mean, you can't have a nation that prospers and is successful without those things. Ah, great call, William. Appreciate you calling in. All right, now to the oasis of West Texas, San Angelo, Texas. Mark calling in. Man, I miss San Angelo. I, I used to, I loved Zentner's Daughter and, and Little Henry's and Mayhor Canada's. So much good food there. I think none of those restaurants are still around. But, Mark, go ahead, man. Yes, sir. I got about three things to say right quick. You First nail of it. all, we can't, we can't give up on prayer because all things are possible through Jesus Amen. Christ. And uh, if they, the problem is I believe that we've gotten too complacent, the right side or the whatever side they want to talk about. We, back when things were good, we got too complacent and the other side took advantage of it. And even when Trump had possible a a um, stolen election, we couldn't have gone to the CIA or the FBI to pull rank on anything because they weren't they weren't for truth anyway back then. The the other thing is First Corinthians six nine and First Timothy one ten. There's uh, that's the truth in the Bible, as they say, the handwriting's on the wall, and um, the Bible is the foundation. Read the Bible. Figure out what it says. We don't have to have anybody interpret. Just read it and get close to God, and that's the answer. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, there, there's a uh, – Mark, thank you for calling in, man, and, and uh, I, what you're saying is so true. In fact, I'd encourage everybody to read Second Thessalonians 2. You know, we, we do a weekend in biblical citizenship. Uh, this is the eight-week course, our main course that we, that, that we teach. And in, and in week uh, three, I believe it is, uh, we do a, a whole talk on truth and courage. And and not having the courage to stand up is why we're in the mess we're in. And and I, and you know, Second uh, Thessalonians two talks about rejecting truth when you don't love truth. When you reject truth, then delusion enters, and then you believe the lie. And that's that's where we are. People are believing these lies about uh, about sexuality, about about love, about all of these things. And when you believe the lie, then you act on the lie. And then when you act on the lie. 
you, you, there's a cost. There's consequence. You have to live with that consequence. And frankly, as a culture, we're living with the consequence of 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 a uh, an entire culture buying the lie because we did not love truth. And then that goes to the other thing that you mentioned, having the courage to stand for these things. You know, I mean, we we know. I mean, the Bible tells us that the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, all liars. Uh, you know that they're not going to. Uh, they're going to be in the lake uh, that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. But I left out the first thing that's listed there, before the faithless, before the detestable, before the murders, before the sexually immoral, cowards. Cowards is the first one listed there. Man, where's our backbone? We got to have the courage to fight for truth. Uh, once again, I want to encourage everybody to take that biblical citizenship class. It'll give you courage. It'll give you truth. It'll teach that truth. You'll get fired up about it. Let's see if we can squeeze in another call before we run out of time today. Monica is in Louisiana. Monica, thanks for calling in from Louisiana. What's your comment or question today? Oh, lost Monica. Okay, let's try Greg in Georgia. See if we can get you in. Greg, go ahead, man. No, Greg. Okay, Janice in Mississippi. Last one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go three strikes. You're out. Janice. Yeah, well, oh, I was just wondering. Oh, base hit. Um, at, Go. Okay, God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you for calling in, uh, man. Well, you know, I mean, we joke about that kind of stuff, but you know what? There is a a law of nature here. The way that God created us as human beings to operate, it doesn't mean that all of your desires and proclivities and all of those things are going to perfectly align. We are we are also designed, unfortunately, it's in a way that we desire things outside of that. And that's the great struggle, right? And when we give up on the struggle and we just say, well, whatever we feel in the moment is now who we are. And our identity is now our feelings. Oh, my goodness. Anybody with any amount of life experience knows that if you just trust your feelings and you act on your feelings all the time, you're never going to be happy. You're going to destroy your own life and other people's lives and hurt people and be a mess. So you don't you don't follow your feelings all the time. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. No, you follow truth. But to know truth, you got to study truth. That's why listening to AFR is so important. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that today. I hope you listen every day to AFA at the core and the other great programming here at AFR. But the whole idea is to get that truth in your hands so that you can go act on that truth. Become a good, strong, biblical citizen today. In fact, visit biblicalcitizens.com. Biblicalcitizens.com and learn how to be a good biblical citizen. It's free. You take those courses for free. And also listening today was free. But I hope you got a lot out of it and it was great value to you. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thankful for you listening today to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.